0: Coming up, it's time to pepper Paul Holden of Locked On Rockies with some questions today. What did they do this offseason? Are they going to be in the basement of the NL West again? And I'm sure he's got some questions for me. So Let's get right into it. You are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast.
1: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Welcome into the Locked On Dimebacks podcast, part of the part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. I'm Miller Thomas, host of this wonderful podcast, of course. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, millerthomas 24 Downmyportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account, or just look up Locked on Dying on both Twitter Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, thank you for making Locked on Dying Backs your first to listen every day. Would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms. So please continue to tell your friends. One of those platforms is YouTube. So please hit subscribe on the Locked on Diamondbacks YouTube channel. But without further ado, let's bring in the man of the hour to explain the Rockies offseason to talk about the
1: injury bug. But before we get there, Paul, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing good, but you say injury bug and the Rockies are losing another person for potentially the whole season. The third one in a matter of, I think, a week oh. so Whoever you lost so far. I know Brendan Rogers. Who else? That's the biggest one, obviously. Mm-hmm. Headlined by Brendan Rodgers. Uh, my pick for who the Rockies uh, all-star was gonna be this year. I uh I was very high on a, on Brendan Rodgers in 2023. Uh the Rockies lose left-handed bullpen arm Lucas Gilbreth, who was a solid option out there and uh before the Rockies made some moves, uh was something the Rockies were really lacking in was left-handed pitching out of the bullpen. And then exciting prospect, not one of the ones that's making as many of the headlines as uh, you know, in some of the rankings. In- and such, but one that uh, played well for the Rockies when he was up with the team last year at the end of the season, Sean Bouchard, like exploded a bicep or something, I think today, and that's going to require surgery. And, um, I, I, they were saying hopefully not the whole season, but that's a three to four month uh, uh, recovery time after the surgery. So we're looking at uh, him not there. And that's on top of Antonio Sensatella, one of the Rockies main starting pitchers being on the uh, IL. And of course, Tyler Kinley uh, also hurt as well for the Rockies.
0: Oh, not such good news to start the uh, the season, Paul. I mean, with all those injuries going on, I mean, what are you excited about then from this Rockies team? If there's no Brendan Rodgers, is it the Chris Bryant redemption season? Or like, what's the storyline that's keeping your attention throughout the entire season?
1: Uh, I think Chris Bryant is honestly one of many storylines. that's interesting for the Rockies. He's obviously the one of the players to watch. And I think one of the ones in the national eye, it's kind of interesting this off season, Chris Bryant's kind of flown under the radar. I, th- I still think people are forget that he's on the Rockies. I mean, obviously yeah. with not playing much last year and kind of the world being and, and the world of baseball, I think a lot of stars to kind of to dominate the limelight as much as baseball is bad at marketing its stars. In some ways, I'd say now we're kind of trying, at least me being in the area, you're exposed to so much great baseball. Uh, Chris Bryant's already in the rearview mirror, but I really do think he has a potential to be a comeback player of the year candidate. He's swung the bat pretty well already in spring training. He looks fully healthy. There's no no hitch in the swing. There's no, there's no hesitation in the game. You, you know, it's still, it's still spring training still very early and we need to see it. Uh, But he, he feels good. He says the full off season, you know, the normal uh, off season, normal ish, even because this one with the world baseball classic, it's amazing that there hasn't been a completely normal, like pre pandemic spring training now in, in, in three years, four years now. So um, he's one of them, but of course, Exciting prospects. The Rockies are handing the keys over to another rookie at shortstop. They're doing that again. They're saying, hey, Ezekiel Tovar, you are the shortstop of the future. You are our one of our top prospects. And there's no one. Else. I mean, there's no sign pointing that he isn't going to be there. Now, you mentioned uh, Brendan Rodgers going down with the Rockies. Rockies now have a big opportunity to play the main prospect from the Nolan Arenado trade, eh, a Montero at third base because all signs are, are pointing to Ryan McMahon being the second baseman for the Rockies now, which is a good, good move for me. So the Rockies have exciting young players. They have Chris Bryant, who I think has the potential to be, like I said, I mean, a, a, a comeback player of the year candidate. I don't think that's too crazy of a, of, of a thought process to have for a healthy Chris Bryant. And I'm really intrigued by this bullpen that is actually, you know, it's not going to be great. I actually uh, did a full uh, whole pod on it yesterday, but it's not going to be a great bullpen. But this is a Rockies bullpen. I'm confident will not be last in basically every category. The, The Rockies were bottom five in four out of six major bullpen categories last year. I don't think that that's going to be the case this year.
0: You guys might be the only team that matched up with the D-backs bullpen then. But uh, for Chris (laughs) Bryant, I mean, this is still someone that's like not very old. I'm like looking it up his age. Chris Bryant is only 30 years old. Yeah, he's still in the prime of his career. And it's kind of funny to go back and look at that Cubs team in 2016 because they basically blown it all up. But a lot of those stars of that team, like we think they're a lot older than they are, like the Chris Bryant and the Anthony Rizzo's of the world. But Rizzo's like 32, 33. Chris Bryant's 30, like these guys are still in the prime of their careers and they're still major impact players. So I wouldn't be surprised at all. Like you're talking comeback player of the year. Like if he was, I'm expecting him to probably be the Rockies all-star this year. Like last season, like we know he had like a little bit of a home run drought, but in the 42 games he played I'm look at the numbers, he still had a 306 average of 852 OPS. So even though he might've not had that over the fence power, I feel like that would have come eventually just playing at Coors Field for a full season. I think he would have got adjusted. And we see this sometimes with new players in new environments. Sometimes you need a year of adjustment, right? You saw the Francisco Lindors; He needed a year. I think uh, Nolan Arenado even kind of needed a year in St. Louis. So sometimes you just need a year to readjust before you can really get into the swing of things with your new team. And I think Chris Bryant will probably be in for a pretty big season this year, but I want to rewind the clock a little bit, Paul. I want to get back to the offseason because I'm just looking at Spow track here, Colorado Rockies. And it doesn't look like you guys made a ton of moves. Pierce Johnson added Brad Hand. You did sign the Moose, Mike Mustakis, to a minor <laughs> league deal. Like, how are you feeling after the offseason? Why was it so quiet for the Colorado Rockies? This is a team that I've heard championship or bust the last couple of offseasons.
1: Yeah, again, I mean, it's uh, the Rockies are making moves that make sense, but it doesn't match up with their philosophy of we're competing every year. Just that's what it'd be nice. This offseason, people wouldn't be so up in arms. And people were really pissed at the Rockies. I mean, I saw some of the, 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 the it's like, what are the Rockies doing? They're, they're not trying to compete. They're not trying to do any of this. And the Rockies have earned that reputation. But why go big this offseason? What is the point in going in an off season where let's be real. I I think the diamondbacks have a lot of exciting things. And I do want to ask you kind of, because I think we should maybe get later on the opposite of how the diamondbacks are getting to this position on being kind of a, a a more accelerated upward trends have taken multiple years now of in the right direction, but it's an arms race at the top. This Rockies roster is ready for the next wave of prospects to come. And the Rockies just need to embrace it and get ready for hopefully the next time when you can look and say, How the heck does this team have four to five great players on it that came out of nowhere? Just like they did in the playoff years when the Rockies were bringing out a team that of uh, uh, an infield that consisted of Arenado, Story, and LeMahieu with a uh, Charlie Blackman in his prime, uh, in there in right field. I mean, the, the Rockies have exciting prospects to lead to the future so. Everything they did is it. I'm fine with. There's really not a move I was necessarily against. They've kind of rotated and swapped out their utility players, which I think is a, a good uh, my, a move. We knew what Garrett Hampson and Connor Joe and Sam Hilliard were kind of all about. So why not take a shot on some other utility players or some other younger prospects to see how that pans out? Now, this team sh- could have done more. I, I personally think they missed out by not getting Joey Gallo uh, or someone mm. uh, a power hitting bat in the outfield i think that's something where the rockies might have missed Person, i mean after talking to uh some people you know connected more with within b- deeper baseball media i me it was you need to be caught talking to cody bellinger every day you know what <laughs> one year cody year one year of cody bellinger in colorado will take it why not it, you know i thought it was a slam dunk but perception of coming to Colorado and things were different but you know that and the, the the bullpen i again sneaky low risk veteran arms that yes, they might not be flashy, but at least Brad Hand threw in the World Series last year and had a sub three ERA. It's it's not anything flashy, but right. when you look at that compared to other Rockies relievers last year, that's fine. And I think the Rockies got some steals in Denilson Lamette and uh Brent Suter too. The 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 the, the Brewers love Brent Suter. And there's nothing when you look at Brent Suter's numbers to be like what's the issue? It just kind of seems like the Brewers moved on. So uh, these are all moves. Uh, you, you asked at the top of the show, will the Rockies avoid the basement of the NL West this year? And, and you know, and is this off season kind of a, a signal then? No, I don't think they will, but it's a team that's going to, I saw earlier, our friends at FanDuel had them at 65 and a half wins. This team is going to win more than 65 and a half wins, yeah. but uh, I, I'm more okay with it because, Let's see what these prospects are all about and let's build around them coming forward instead of, hey, let's go sign someone to a seven-year, $185 million deal after trading your superstar and not doing that. The Rockies are in a position for a big offseason. I'd rather them be more aggressive with trades. That's really, I think, the biggest disappointment. I think the Rockies can move on from some vets, and I think they're just hopefully waiting to do something at the trade deadline, but we know what happens with the Rockies in the trade deadline.
0: Well, Paul's saying go lock in that 65 overwin on FanDuel right now. And speaking of FanDuel, did you know, Paul, It's the midway point of the NBA season, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet does the win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, it's secure, and it's super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes strained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets. We can go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more because my favorite same-game parlay to do is whenever the Lakers are playing, give me Anthony Davis 30 points, Anthony Davis 12 rebounds, and the Lakers to win. That one might only hit 50% of the time, but when it does hit, I feel great. So go to fanduel.com slash lockdown because there make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, Paul. We're back here on the crossover edition locked on Dimebacks locked on Rockies. And I know you think the Rockies are a lock for over 65 wins, but convince me why Paul, I know you're talking about the bullpen, but I'm still seeing a lack of talent here. I like Chris Brian, but now you, Got all these injuries. I'm looking at the rest of the NL West. Of course, the Dodgers are at the top of the division. The Padres are at the top of the division. I've I, I'm making a bet with Ben Kaspic. I'm locking in the D backs as the number three team. I'm off the Giants bandwagon. I don't think they're that good this year. And honestly, I mean they have more talent than the than the Rockies, but I I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants are closer to the Rockies than they are to the D backs. Maybe that's too much of a homer take. But give me give me the elevator pitch as to why there's more upside to this Rockies team than the 65 wins that FanDuel has
1: the Rockies have the potential to be a much better offensive team led by Chris Bryant and highlighted by young guys. These guys are the, the, I keep bringing up these young guys, but the, there's a reason if, if there's a reason we find out why the Rockies traded Nolan Arenado, it's going to come in part from this season. Cause we're going to see a Lloris Montero. I also believe that the Rockies starters are still serviceable in a fine rotation. I don't think I, if the Rockies are able to miss bats and not give up up as many home runs and as many hard contact batted balls. I think the Rockies are going to, uh, to, to be a better pitching team overall. And we talked about the bullpen. The Rockies are going to win more close games. Now, this is a team that things have to go right for them to, to, to hit the, hit the, hit the over. And for this team to avoid being, you know, uh, really bad, they have to avoid the bad stretch. And that happens so often with the Rockies two great weeks to start the year they lose three, they lose 10 of the next 13, you know, and then some, mm-hmm. the, they do that type of stuff all the time. But you mentioned NL West powerhouse. Guess what? You don't have to play the NL West as much as you used to. New teams are coming to Coors Field. And I think the Rockies have some sneaky under-the-radar uh, guys that are going to surprise people. I think Ryan McMahon still can be a more contributor on offense and see a little bit more from him. And I think Jonathan Daza is a, a an under-the-radar really great center fielder for the Colorado Rockies. Mixed into the fact if CJ Crone doesn't have to be your only power back That and Chris Bryant is doing what he's doing in spring training. He's hit two balls to the concourse, by the way, not just leaving the yard. He's hit balls to the concourse in left field. And you know what happens if you hit the ball really hard to left field and course field, that thing's going to go far. So (laughs) there's just. Here, the Rockies of—they're not the Rockies of last year. That's really the biggest elevator pitch. The Rockies of that—you're going to see names that you didn't, that you've never seen before. And you've watched a lot of Rockies, or listened to, or followed at least enough of the Rockies where mm-hmm. you uh, recognize some of these names. But you're not going to recognize outside of the the starters, the the ones that you know. You're going to see so many more young guys, and potentially some some big upswing from some some utility players. So it it relies on. On this team is just different. It's new players, it's a new look. It's a new bullpen. It's not enough to say, hey, they're gonna make a run uh for for something even like the third wild card. I'm still sitting the Rockies at a 73 74 win team uh, when it's all said and done. but that's a lot better than what people think. The Rockies are not the A's. The Rockies are not the mm-hmm. Tigers. I, I like that's just I that's my pitch to everyone. It's like <laughs> folks, I get it. I know that the Rockies didn't do much, but like you're sitting here and saying that there are these teams and they're like, I know the records were close, but the Rockies are about to have an, a world series, M, you know, a, an MVP come back and the, he's going to be massive. I mean, I, I really don't think the, uh, the, 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 the importance of Chris Bryant can really be understated either. Now those injuries, especially Brendan Rodgers, that that is tough. And one name that we're quite familiar with that's coming back for
0: this season and got a one-year contract extension, Bud Black, the manager for the Colorado Rockies, who might have won the worst managerial resumes of all time for someone that's been a manager for like two decades. I think he only has two playoff appearances in like the 18 to 20 years he's been a manager. Just really crazy. So I want to know, Paul, is this going to be the make or break season for... Bud Black, is this going to be his final season in Colorado? Are we just going to keep running back this train until the wheels fall off? Because I'm not quite sure what he brings to the organization. I'm not quite sure he's even a good manager because I just look at his record over his entire tenure. I think he only has one or two seasons with at least 91 wins. Like, I don't think he's ever been a manager of like a 95-win baseball team, which is like insane when you've been a manager for like 20 years. Like, I'm 25. He's been a manager for like 90% of my life. So it's like... Why did the Rockies give him an extension? And is this going to be the final year, Bud Black?
1: That's a good question. You know, the front office stuff is always so tricky with the Rockies. Yeah. They're, they are loyal to a T. And you mentioned the blemishes on Black's resume. And then you look at him in Rockies managerial stuff, and he's got the most wins, I think, in Rockies history. He's <laughs> been uh, there so long. I mean, yeah, yeah, you know, he's like the second longest tenured Rockies manager or or something. You know, he's. Uh, but black's fine. I guess. I don't know. I'm just so confused at what the manager's role is supposed to really be, Uh, but with everything with the Rockies and I really hope they did soon. And and one extra thing I didn't get to in my other thing is I hope uh, they brought a new hitting coach. They brought in someone from outside of the organization. Oh, finally they didn't just hire. They didn't just promote. They brought in Bam Bam Mullins from, from the Yankees. And uh, you know, Millard, I don't know if you know this, but uh the Yankees, pretty good on offense last year Uh, you know that guy up there with his fake home run record which we could you know that's a different thing Uh, but you know it's could be I but I would love for the Rockies to do a full new embrace to bring in with with this with this new young crop of players I, I just don't necessarily sit here and I can say yes I want Bud Black to to be in the in the helm leading this next hopeful charge towards a contention window I don't necessarily know if he does that especially think he's a little too, uh, you know, he, he'll leave his, uh, his pitchers in a little bit too long in games, but you know, I I think the, the Rockies issues are bigger than manager and especially in the front office. I think there's bigger issues than Bud black, but you're, I mean, again, it's, it's not like Bud black's doing anything to necessarily sit here and say like, Hey, that guy, he's gotta stay. It's just also like what, you know, what would you can go get someone else, I guess. And I, I don't know if that necessarily helps the Rockies, but uh, again, I, I think the Rockies front office and, and organizational structure is dying for a breath of fresh air.
0: Well, it sounds like the hitting coach will at least be a boost to your Colorado Rockies team and the offense, just like a bill bar is the perfect boost to your day, because if you're looking for a delicious treat, but don't want all the fat and calories, then you got to try a bill bar. Look, our New Year's resolutions were months ago at this point, but I'm still trying to work out. I'm still trying to eat healthy, but it's tough. I have a sweet tooth. I love candy and stuff. That's where Bill Bar helps me and tricks me because I think that me and candy bar, but in reality, I'm actually eating a protein bar that's low in calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, and high in fiber. And the reason it tricks me is because it's covered in 100% real chocolate, soft and easy to chew, and they have unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. Right now, you don't just have to go online to get your box of Bill so You can still go to Build.com if you want, but now you could go to Sam's Club or Walmart to pick up a box as well. So if you're closer to a Sam's Club, run in, grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter and churro, and you can thank me later. All right, here with Paul Holden of Locked On Rockies for our little crossover today. And I think I might turn the mic over to you for a second, Paul, if you got any questions for us over here at the Locked On Dimebacks podcast.
1: I do. You know, we talked a lot about uh, one thing that's always fascinated me about Mm -hmm. these two teams and where they've ended up here. These are two teams that matched up in the one game playoff. What what was that? Uh, 16? 16, 17. 16, I think. Yeah, so 17, 16, one of those years. And I'd say these are two teams in completely different places. The Rockies have kind of fallen and had to hit rock bottom and maybe are finally bouncing back where the Diamondbacks have started to build things. What is the major difference in the philosophies between these two teams that that you've noticed? Is it the front office is more willing to stick with guys or is better at finding some guys? Or are these two teams maybe a little bit more similar than we think?
0: Yeah, I think they're kind of similar. Like, I don't really know if the D backs are doing anything differently that the Rockies wouldn't do. It's not like we're going out there and spending money compared to the Rockies I mean the Rockies went out there and spent a bag last year And Chris Bryant we spent a bag a couple off seasons ago a massive bum garner I mean Christian Walker is kind of like our version of CJ cron so that's like kind of underrated big power bat so it's like I don't know kind of got lucky with the Keto Martes when we traded for him like he was kind of underrated at the time he's turned into like to be a pretty good player be an all-star and at times look like the best second baseman in baseball and then we had a bunch of down seasons and we just kind of collected a whole bunch of talent through the draft like you got to get lucky with the draft and we're able to hit on the Corbin Carrolls of the world. We're going to look at the last two years with the Jordan Lawlers and Drew Jones and see if those guys come up and be good. We traded Jazz Chisholm for Zach gallen straight up. Like, the, the the D-backs have just kind of gone lucky. They worked around the edges. Like, not every move they made has worked out. Like, there's a bunch of moves that are really done by the D-backs. Like, trading away Starring Marte at the 2020 deadline and just getting back like a Caleb Smith is a terrible deal because the A's the next offseason. Traded Starring Marte and got back Jesus Lozardo. Um, from that man from the Miami Marlins or wherever they trade him to so I think the D-backs and Rockies probably have pretty similar philosophies they're not going to go out there and spend a whole ton of money in free agency they want to build this thing internally and I think the D-backs probably just gotten a little bit more lucky around the margins with some of these prospects that they've hit on in the draft because I, I don't think they're really doing anything that doing anything much differently than the Rockies like Merrill Kelly This dude was like 28 years old coming over from Korea. And he's been like a legit frontline starter for the D-backs. And he's now pitching for Team USA as like the number two starter in that rotation. So it's like stuff like that. We just got lucky with like the D-backs still have a terrible bullpen. Um, It's been one of the worst bullpens in Major League Baseball, just like the Colorado Rockies. So I feel like we have a lot of the same weaknesses. It's not like the D-backs over the last few years. You know, during both of our times during this podcast, not like they've reached some great heights while the Rockies have been in the basement. The D-backs are in first place. Like we're pretty much been fighting for fourth and fifth the last couple last couple of years. And maybe this year, the D-backs will separate themselves a little bit from the Rockies, but separating themselves is still being third place in the NOS behind the Dodgers and Padres. So I would say these teams are pretty similar and the D-backs just kind
1: of gotten a little bit more lucky, probably with some young talent. Who, who do we need to know? I mean, who's going to, I mean, because I swear I've, we were joking about this uh, the diamondbacks are going to call up a pitcher. He's going to make his debut at Coorsfield field. He's going to hit the one hit the Rockies, uh, you know, in the middle of July or something like that. Mm-hmm. Who, what are names we need to know who's going to do the damage for, for the D backs this year?
0: Yeah, there's a bunch of this, this D backs team is just going to be loaded with rookies and young talents and players making their debut this season because you got the Corbin Carrolls, of course, number two prospect in an all baseball. Go on FanDuel, unanimous favorite to win the NL rookie of the year. He's coming in projected to maybe be an all star in his first full professional season because that's how good he is. And you look at our rotation, we potentially going to have three different rookies make their debut in the rotation this year. Dre Jamison, he had a cup of coffee with the D backs last season. He seems in line to win the number five. Spot in the rotation and then a Ryan Nelson who also had a cup of coffee with the D-backs last season he'll probably start the year in the minor leagues in A, but he's going to be called up at some point during the season to either get opportunity in the rotation or maybe be a back end bullpen arm and then Brandon Fatt is another guy who will eventually get opportunity the rotation this year maybe it's post all-star break but if he starts the year really high in the minor leagues i wouldn't be surprised if he gets called up pretty soon because this is someone last season in the minor leagues had over 200 strikeouts in a minor league season the last pitcher to do that was like 2011 matt moore so he had one of the most dominant seasons we've seen from a minor leaguer like over a decade so you're gonna see potentially three rookies get some kind of opportunity to rotation this year. Cord McCarroll in the outfield. You got Jake McCarthy from last year, still super young. Alec Thomas is coming off a, uh uh, trying to have a bounce back off his rookie season like there's just so much young talent the d-backs are going to influx of this team this year like you were saying with the colorado rockies like you're gonna know the starters but there's gonna be so many young players that are good that you don't know I feel like it's gonna be the same way with the d-backs this year because i did a podcast the other day just looking at mlb pipelines top 30 prospects for the d for the d-backs I'm like a third of that list at least 11 of those prospects could realistically have some playing time with the D-backs this season which seems like an insane number. So, I think we're again, similar to the Rockies, we're going to have a whole bunch of young talent, whole bunch of names that people don't know from the outside unless you're doing a locked-on podcast <laughs> 5 days a week because it's your team every day, baby. Unless you're doing that, you might not know who these names are, but for us, I think they're going to be really impactful. I think we're going to see a whole bunch of youngsters um this season with the D-backs. But I want to wrap up today, Paul, by just asking you, what are your thoughts on the division? Have the Padres done enough this offseason to overtake the L.A. Dodgers or maybe just the L.A. Dodgers, letting a whole bunch of talent walk out the door like the Trey Turners of the world and not replacing it? What's your thoughts on the division? Who's winning it?
1: And are the D-backs better than the San Francisco Giants? (laughs) I always hate betting against the Giants. That's honestly a harder question. But I'm going to say this. I think the Padres, this is the year. If there's any year that we've seen that, that, that stories, I know it's the Padres and it's been a lot of smoke, but if there's any year it's this year. And I truly do believe that the, we're going to see finally, like the Dodgers couldn't keep up what they're doing forever. And I think this offseason was the start of it. Dodgers are still going to be great. It's going to be a fight till the end, but I think the Padres sent the first message in the playoffs last year. And I think this will be the year the Padres take the NL West as for the D backs better than the giants. Uh, you know, I, 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 will have to see, cause I, I probably, no sitting, Paul. I, I want people an answer. on the giants and I could you know, it's always the giants. It is an odd year. So I am mm-hmm. going to say yes, Millard and I'll flip this to you. Okay. Third wild card spot for the D backs or is that too high?
0: See, I think it's possible, but I'm looking at just last year's playoff field. I'm like, why won't it just be the same team from last year's playoffs? Unless yeah. the Phillies are maybe the team, the team that went to the World Series last year's maybe the team I would pick to miss it just because Bryce Harper going to miss half the season with Tommy John. But you, you're you going to add Trey Turner to the lineup, and they're still going to have a pretty good front line rotation. So it's, like, it's hard for me to say the D-backs are going to take that third wild card spot. I think maybe next season with a little bit more – talent on this roster going to next year and the guys have another year of progression, then maybe something weird happens with the other playoff team. So I probably won't say it this year, but I think the D-Backs, I think the best case scenario, it's September. It's the final three weeks of the season. We're like, hey, D-Backs only three games back of a wild card spot. You never know. And I think that's the best
1: case scenario for us this year. That would be a dream for the Rockies to uh, above 500 for more than two months of the year. Don't hey, lose. Don't lose a hundred games and tell all those people that only said 65 wins to take a hike. Chris Bryant, comeback player of the year. Book it. Hey,
0: lock it in over 65 wins. Colorado Rockies. Paul Holden said it here. Paul, where can the listeners find you on social media?
1: I'm at Paul Holden 33. You can find the Locked On Rockies podcast at l o Rockies and free and streaming on your favorite streaming service. Smash that subscribe button to the Locked On Rockies YouTube channel, just like you should to the Locked On Diamondbacks YouTube channel as well.
0: Yeah. Follow me on Twitter at creatorthomas24 for the personal account or just look up Locked On Diamondbacks, both Twitter, Instagram for the podcast handle, Paul, thank you for this crossover today. We kept it tight. We kept it clean, something we don't normally do with these podcasts. <laughs> we usually go an hour, but not today, sir. Sir, enjoy the rest of your day, and we'll talk to you again very soon. You as well.